I'm not saying I haven't wished Spike dead. I'm not saying I'm sorry that he is. I'm not even saying I wouldn't have done it myself given the chance. All I'm saying is I didn't. So welcome to Series 2, Episode 45 of Conversations on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And Colin. What up? With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 2, Episode 45, the screenplay was done by Samara McDowell. It was directed by Julian McSweeney. And the episode synopsis read out by Sabine. Framed by the Chosen, Ebony makes an unexpected new ally. Patsy and Tyson face up to their penance, and Celine receives some surprising news. Okay, so we open up with the revelation by Alice that Tyson is the person that Lex is in love with. Tyson tries to apologize, saying that they just happened, but Alice is upset that her best friend did this to her. So yeah, panel, um, how did you react to the immediate fallout of events? We knew it was going to happen, so I like that they didn't waste time, beat around the bush. You know, they didn't do the cliche where Tyson's trying to tell Alice and then Alice will keep interrupting her. And you know what I mean? Like they just, boom, they just didn't waste any time. We already know how this is going to play out. It's not going to play out pretty. Alice is going to be upset and Tyson is not going to have any defense for herself. We know that. So thank you for not wasting our time. Having Alice realize it immediately, believe Tyson immediately and respond to that immediately (laughs) i appreciate that she didn't waste my time she straight up said i cannot believe you lied to me you were supposed to be my best friend and you did this to me behind my back you let me go on you knew what was going on you lied and she storms off i'm like thank you because they could have dragged this out yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's how I feel. Like, okay, boom. We got exactly what we were expecting. <laughs> Efficient. Uh, very much so. I, d- I do like that they managed to put that bit of emotion in there where Alice just for a moment goes, no, mm. no, please tell me it isn't you. <laughs> With a, oh, really? You know, just that split second of, of you know, her not wanting to know that what Tyson's saying is true. Yeah, that hit hard. Yeah, there's a lot of mixed emotions. I mean, as a fan of Alice, I felt bad. I was like, oh, she definitely does not deserve this. But then also at the same time, I'm like, thank God Tyson and Lex are an official thing because <laughs> their chemistry is absolutely amazing and I need to see it continue. <laughs> I like that um, Tyson doesn't make up any excuses. You know, she just allows her friend to rail at her, which is another reason why I'm really glad that Tyson and Lex chose to deal with Alice individually rather than as some sort of team ambushing her emotionally Mm -hmm. Um, because Alice deserved that. She deserved to deal with Lex, be mad at him, deal with those hurt feelings. She deserved to deal with Tyson separately and deal with those hurt feelings so she could, you know, separate how she feels about each person and what they've done to her rather than, you know, have them both smiling in her face, holding hands. Hey, we fell in love. <laughs> and so I do, I, I like that. I like the fact that Alice and Lex, both, I mean, not sorry, Tyson and Lex, you know, took personal responsibility for their part and, you know, con- you know, dealt with their friend on their own and let her be mad at them. And um, they don't, neither of them made any excuses for it. Neither of them tried to exonerate themselves or tell her not to be upset or please forgive me. Nothing. They they 
gave her what she was owed the truth and now she's allowed to feel how she wants towards them and i was like respect respect to both of you for that because she has every right to be mad and rail at you without hearing anything coming out of your mouth you know yeah and she is actually one of the very few characters that um actually gets this courtesy from anyone i mean she she's told what's happening she doesn't have to just see it and yeah even the, the narrative backs her up you know um nobody tells her she's crazy nobody mm -hmm. invalidates her experience so i think you might be right it's one of the few times i've seen where the character is treated with the dignity they deserve it sucks what's happening to her but they didn't add insult to injury i suppose is the best way to put it yeah mm -hmm. by also treating her like garbage yeah it's the best way to handle this type of situation kind of just like removing a band-aid very fast just get it over with it and just accept the pain how would i feel if i were alice and tyson had to tell me this my friend you know and i'm thinking about from their personal experience to the friendship they have built what they have learned about each other i i would feel the same way alice does you know what i mean i would be like oh come on are you freaking serious you you and lex you and lex are in love when did this freaking happen you saw me this whole time pining after him and you when did this happen when did you, you just failed to tell me that you were also falling for him I, oh my gosh so many things you said to me are now making mm -hmm. sense i'm furious i'm so mad i cannot believe you <laughs> i'd be so pissed. that too though i mean tyson told her no no lex isn't you know are you sure this is really Lex that you're talking about? Hmm. I wonder if Alice knew about Tyson and, and, and yeah, Tyson and Lex, like it's season one when she slept with him, when he was like opposingly mm -hmm. with Zandra. Hmm. Cause if she would have knew about that. She didn't know them like that back mm, then. I right. mean, she knew Lex was trying to get stuff from her for his wedding. Mm. To Zandra. She didn't know the fruitcake then. Right, right. It would have been crazy if she would have known that and then this happened to her. And she's like, everything I heard about you is so true. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have enough drama. She <laughs> <laughs> and Sandra would have a lot to discuss. Yeah. We don't need that Dawson's Creek style <laughs> added drama onto it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> ah, thank you for that. Now I have that image in my head of them at a creek. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Holding for their lives to be over. <laughs> but I mean, uh, as we've said time and time again, uh, uh, this kind of triangle has been the best one the show's done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just like Carlin says, you are, you feel so terrible for Alice. You know she does not deserve this. The narrative make it, is making it clear that she does not deserve this. And yet, at the same time, I am just happy that Lex and Tyson can move forward. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not, I don't hate them. I don't feel mm -hmm. any animosity towards their union, even if it meant Alice had to be hurt. They set it up very well. They made sure there wasn't anybody cheating on another person. Um, the betrayal is on a familial level, but again, it's not done with malicious intent. And it's just, they did a great setup and they put the time in again to allow Lex and Alice to form a relationship, to allow Alice and Tyson so that we actually become invested in this and what's going to happen to everybody. And 
I just feel like other triangles take shortcuts and they're just there for drama's sake. This is here for character development, you know, and all the characters are changed by these events and there is no really going back. There was a purpose to this. It wasn't just some bump on the road to someone's crappy romance we didn't care about. You know, I, I don't feel like Alice is romantic roadkill and uh, she's not treated that way. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably why it's the best triangle we get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at least they respected Alice enough, you know, as a character to let her have this. All right, we'll come back to Alice in a moment. Um, yeah, let's move on to the events at the hotel. So Ebony insists that she didn't kill Spike, but that she's not sorry that he's dead either. While Bray warns her that if she comes anywhere near the mall, he'll make sure that she's locked away for life. However, Ebony stares him down and tells him to get out of her sight. <laughs> yeah, um, any scene with Ebony is quite powerfully charged. What would you make of that scene, panel? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Sorry, wait. <laughs> um, okay, um, where the Bill of Rights? <laughs> if you, you just found a dead party, body in her pool, okay, you can press charges. You can bring this to... Ooh, hello? Hello? <laughs> Danny doesn't do sound we, so crazy now, does she? Who do we report this to? I get it. I'd understand if he was like, okay, we can't arrest you for this because you can fight us on it. But I mean, if the rest of the city signed this Bill of Rights, mm -hmm. couldn't you bring it up with them? Couldn't you? Hey, tribe leaders, by the way, this is what you should know. Could we all arrest her? Could we put her on trial? <laughs> I, I mean, they... They put Danny on trial for a murder she didn't even try to commit. With such vague evidence. <laughs> I just think it's funny that he's literally admitting that their rule of law only works if you're inside the mall. Mm -hmm. He's like, but if you come near us, we can lock you up for life. And I'm like, oh, okay, so if you want to avoid any criminal problems, just never go to the mall and even though I get what like what Bray is saying, he's letting her know. I don't believe you. I don't trust you. You've lost a potential ally here. Um, it still sounds funny because when he says we'll lock you up for life, I was just like, but I thought the punishment for murder was banishment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is, it's so ridiculous. They never fail to embarrass themselves when it comes to the Bill of Rights. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And ah, uh, Bray telling her, you're sick, you need help. So where's she going to get that? You're not going to bring it to anybody else's attention that the leader of the city's militia is suspected of murder? <laughs> you're not going to tell anyone that, Bray? You're just going to go back to the mall? You don't think any of the other tribal leaders might have wanted to know that information? They're meeting with her. I I just don't. I think I would appreciate if I was one of the gulls. Be like, oh wow, Ebony <laughs> murdered. So you think? Okay, thank you for filling us in. Maybe we won't go visit her alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for keeping us in the loop. I just so yeah, and pe and there would be people that would instantly side with Ebony, afraid of being the next Spike. My point is, it just never crosses his mind to tell anybody, and that makes no freaking sense. Like, if she's in charge of, if she can still arrest people on the street, for Pete's sake, Alice is later arrested today by the militia, because they're still working. <laughs> they're still working! 
Yeah. I really feel like there should be an internal review or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh, and then we have Bray and Ebony, you know, discussing their issues with each other. And Jack just interfe- interfering and getting told to shut up. <laughs> just because they don't really want him near this discussion. Though I wonder if Jack hadn't been there. Would he have jumped him? Would he have jumped her? Because mm. their arguments usually end in a different type of tension. We need to downplay like, how endangered Jack mm-hmm. was. You keep having us, you know, they kept bringing up that this is dangerous, what Jack is doing. That Ebony could do some damage to him if she felt she needed to. And it, and I felt like it was doing a good job, especially in the last episode, with Spike's body being found. And it just reiterates how dangerous a situation Jack has literally been in. But then for some reason in this episode, they downplay that and turn it into a joke. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Jack, you're not even interesting enough for her to want to kill. That's why Danny and Bray didn't worry about your safety. You know what I mean? You're not <laughs> worth it. Like, shut up. This was never about you, you know? And I'm like, why would you do that? Because you had something good going there. And now you've just made what Jack was, had been doing, risking his mm-hmm. safety for you, just made it a joke. Like, it, he was never in any danger. He's just a moron for thinking that. And I don't know why they would choose to do that. You know, this scene kind of comes off as, um, especially between uh, Jack and Bray, as like the little brother gets the big brother because someone's like teasing him on the playground. That really hide. Just it came off because Jack is just cowering behind <laughs> behind Bray. Um, but yeah, although as goofy as this scene is because of the Bill of Rights, I still love it. Anything with Bray mm-hmm. and Ebony, I am all for it. I wish yeah. this was a separate series on its own. I do like their back and forth for the most part. I think it's actually pretty good and it's really well acted. Um, and of course, their sexual tension. No wonder they told Jack to shut up. Like, do you realize this is what we live for? This is what we do. Okay. <laughs> and you're ruining things by reminding us you exist. Jack, shut up. Right. Because they're both, you know, they're both going to end that conversation and fantasize about it later. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's why they don't want to picture Jack there. Because they love getting in each other's faces and raising their voices and threatening and oof, they love it they love it <laughs> for a moment i thought bray was gonna tell jack like uh jack why don't you wait outside for uh, a few minutes yeah <laughs> yeah me and the lady have to talk <laughs> yeah, it shouldn't take too long <laughs> but yeah right now bray literally just told her we're powerless we got nothing you know you're the one with the only muscle in this town and i can't think my way around that and i was like wow way to show your cards didn't even try there, Bray. I mean, I don't know whether to respect you for being that upfront and honest about your situation um, or sad. <laughs> I don't know which way to feel. <laughs> I mean, it's a little ballsy for him to tell her, yeah, you got us. You got us. You got us pinned over, you know, but um, I'm still ready to, I'm ready to go at it with you. You know what I mean? Because you, you've messed up so bad and. I don't know. It's a little weird thing to say. And just to not look for any other way to deal with her, you know, because he's clearly upset about it. You know, Jack's making jokes and he's like, Jack, it's not funny. Spike's dead. She killed someone, Jack. She literally really did it this time. 
you know this is a problem this is serious you know that kind of made me feel like bray was only just now you know he needed to see this to be able to believe that ebony really could be dangerous he needed to see the dead body in her pool to believe she could actually be a threat instead of just shrugging it off and thinking nah she can't be all bad it's more like i think with Le uh bray and ebony especially is it she's always proving him wrong about how far he thinks she'll ever go you know as soon as he thinks he's on solid ground with an understanding of how far ebony will push anything and you know he, he knows it can go into the weeds with her but there are, you know for him he always believes there's some kind of line in the sand that ebony would never cross so when she does it really does just throw him off for a loop because he's just like his foundation has been rocked yet again mm -hmm. with her. Like, oh my gosh, every time I think I kind of know you, I think I have a handle on you, you'll do something like this. And I, I had to start from scratch in my concept of you in my brain. Mm -hmm. We slept together. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. <laughs> you have to go back to that place every time. Oh my word, I've shared a bed with this woman. This is insanity. I gotta, ugh. And I, I slept with a killer. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about what you mentioned, uh, Liz, about how Ebony has all the power here. When it kind of doesn't make sense when you've got the whole city <laughs> working together in a way. Mm -hmm. But then I guess that's what the next scene is there to show with Billy Boy is that the whole city isn't working together. And yeah, like, kind of makes more sense why like this is allowed to happen this way, I guess. So consequence i will say that as frustrating as it has been watching them all season not working with these other tribe leaders not actually creating the democracy they wanted and instead just forcing the hand of everybody in the city and never actually addressing their personal concerns or trying to right these wrongs um and just plowing through to the next day and ignoring what's in the rearview mirror every day um, I do like that there's a, there's a consequence to it when it hits the fan and it's like, crap, what do we do now? Um, Ebony, our military, our muscle, our might, the only reason you can be arrested on the street because they're strong enough to do it. They may be murderers. So what now? And now you can't go to anybody because who, who the frick gives a crap what you have to say? You know, you've never worked with them. There is no unity. As you said, there is no coming together there's no coalition like this is what we will collectively do to deal with ebony it's like we're all on our own and you guys did that to yourselves it didn't have to be that way but you did this and now you're screwed so <laughs> yeah and and they do know because they know that uh ebony was able to get all the other tribe leaders together and they talked you know that they do know that they have no mm -hmm. clue what they talked about but so yeah all the more reason to fear her because not just their muscle is gone, it's the, the idea that they were in on good terms with the other leaders is probably gone as well. Yeah, I guess now hindsight's twenty twenty because everyone was kind of questioning why would you let Ebony leave the mall because we can't watch <laughs> watch what she does. Who knows what she's going to do? And now something like this happens. And uh, it's the mall rat's fault. They let this get too out of hand. It's all because of power. Ray trusted her. Right, yeah, Spray's all graceful. <laughs> it's, 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 I know Maggie isn't here to defend him, but... <laughs> I said it before, yeah, no. 
say again, it was a silly idea <laughs> to let her out of the mall. <laughs> I mean, Bray should just really think with his brain once in a while when it comes to Ebony. But that's always been an issue for him. Mm-hmm. It may not have been the brightest idea, but I still defend him on the decision. I thought in the moment he was making the decision that it was coming from an intelligent place and um, trying to solve a problem that he was having in the now. Not saying he thought about it long term, but it was definitely more one of his more thoughtful decisions. And uh, they're, it's not even that their ideas are bad. It's that they have no follow through. They have no conviction to stand for these ideas and to make sure they actually get taken care of, they get done, you know? So there was no follow through on this decision either, letting her just go freely. There was no real plan in place to, okay, well, what happens if she goes rogue? You know what I mean? Um, he was solving an immediate problem and completely ignoring any long-term problems that were going to come from it. And not the best decision, but it wasn't one of his worst. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that in defense of Bray. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, ha- he's made worse decisions. He made I can't some agree with really that. bangers. Like, what the frick, Bray? Shall we strike? No. Whatever you like. Billy Boy and his tribe arrive at the mall alongside a creepy new group of individuals called the Smile, who are in essence his singing bodyguards. And Billy Boy wastes no time in causing trouble, accusing the Morats of corruption by letting the orphans undercut them on the trade of stereos. Lex, however, mostly refused to rise to the bait. So yeah, panel, uh, what do you make of Billy Boy's grievance here? The introduction of the smile and the way Trudy reacts to Lex's death threat to Billy Boy. Um, number one, I love the smile. Mm-hmm. They are the right. They are the right sort of creepy for this world. Um, <laughs> like they belong. So they they're one of the few. Hmm, how do we say this? You know, when we went to the tribal gathering back in season one, you were like, "Oh my gosh, I feel like I'm in this world. I can smell it. I can taste it." You know, I can imagine why this person's dressed this way, why they're selling a cat in a cage. You know what I mean? Like, it just <laughs> pulls you into the world. The smile is like that. They're one of those creations that I believe them. I believe they exist in this universe. Right? <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I want to follow them for the day. I just want to know how this happened, how these guys came to be. And just their concept singing bodyguards they're just like his own private glee club just for entertainment and protection i freaking love everything about the smile like that is unsettling in the best way and um i like the i like the actual conflict between billy boy and lax it's it's just busy work you know what i mean but it's one of the few times people have argued about how things would be in the marketplace that makes the most sense like Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a realistic thing you'd be arguing about and have to deal with, and I like that. You know, yeah, no, I agree. I totally agree with that. It, the whole scene makes sense. And as for the smile, I just from the moment I saw them, I was thinking, wait, these girls—they're with the jackals. Why aren't they with Tribe Circus? But that's probably because Talpat would not want the competition. Talpat <laughs> died. Remember. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's but. no evidence of that. <laughs> yeah, I never liked the, uh, the the smile. I don't know what it is. I I found them just super annoying. Maybe they were a little bit creepy, but I just found them more annoying than anything. 
They're like a group of mean girls. Mean. They just have a job to do, you know? They're meant to entertain and protect their boss. That's their job. And I'm like, what a smart way to work out your skill set. <laughs> like, how do we survive in this world? What can we do? And their answer was, yes. <laughs> we do everything. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, but, you know, the more I think about them in this way, it's like, if you look at, like, old times, you have... Um, the warriors and someone singing their praises. You know, it's that combination, it works. So to have Billy Boy have people uh, singing his praises, but also, you know, be protective of him. It's nice to see. Mm -hmm. I also like finding out in the future that um, this was clearly Billy Boy's choice to have them. Because later, after he's gone, we'll find out that they're no longer with the Jackals. And, and you were told it's because they had no ear for music, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's just a funny tidbit to know that the smile was Billy Boy's choice. Wow. <laughs> he, he hired them. It wasn't something the jackals were all into. They just tolerated this weird fetish of their leader. Because um, the <laughs> smile is what you get when you over-exaggerate on your resume. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... You just mm -hmm. say you can do things so you can get a job. You never know what you're going to get hired for. It makes the scene reflects even funnier because it's it's him that wants to be feel like the big man, <laughs> the big having his cheerleaders cheering him along the way, and <laughs> not Lex. Lex is per he's so perplexed by them. <laughs> he's like, what is this? What is going on? Do I do have a Greek chorus with you? <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. I also like how nobody in the mall found him threatening. They're just like, oh, look, a performance is about to happen. <laughs> it's a joy, man. I love that. I love how people clapped. They're like, that was, <laughs> that was different. <laughs> I just came to the marketplace because I needed some bananas, but I just got a show. That was, that was wild. It, it just fits, though, like you said. It, it just fits the world. <laughs> I, I totally bought it. <laughs> As for what Trudy says about... Um, that threat to Billy Boy when Lex makes a death threat to him. I think this confirms at this point that the that she, you know it's very clear the uh, chosen are methodically going after certain people. So she's I mean remember she's not like she has time to go see the guardian and tell him about Lex's threat to ensure that Billy Boy will be next on the chopping block. Blah blah blah. It's just more like she already knows Billy Boy's on the chopping block. Is it because he's a leader? Possibly. Is it because um, he's another person that it could be believable that Ebony would want to take out a reasonable target for her? You know, because of course they're still trying to set her up. She has to look like the person who's doing these things. So, um, yeah, I just think it means that she knows Billy Boy doesn't have much time. Like he's on the list of people who are being taken down as mm -hmm. we speak, you know. Yeah, of course he is. He's a leader. And, well, Jaffa can't risk having anyone undermine his authority. Yeah, I wish that we would have seen a little bit more of um, of this tribe throughout the series, and not just towards the end. Sad, though. I, I would have liked to see more of Billy Boy, because he's one of the few tribe leaders, which, again, we're not allowed to see any good tribe leaders, because then we'd realize how bad the mall rats are. But um, mm. <laughs> um, he's not a bad kid. He's not even bad at what he does as a leader. Every time we've had to talk to Billy Boy, 
he's been so reasonable about what his grievance might be. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's not like that guy who's pitching a fit and starting trouble every time he saw the mall rats out in public and just wanted to get a mob going. He's not like that kind of person. Billy Boy is perfectly capable of articulating his grievances and he's fair. He's proven to be fair. And it's a shame we don't see more of him, you know? Mm-hmm. You know what it is? It's his appearance. It doesn't help him. <laughs> it doesn't yes. help him. No, no, it doesn't. It seems like he's just ready to cause trouble or to, I don't know, do something destructive. And yet he's he's not. He's he's really good at what he does. And uh, I'm like, it's a shame that we lost this guy. Would have liked to see him in charge of the mall rats because he... He's got his guys in. A, he's got him in a groove, bro. The jackals. We have not ever seen them cause any trouble, you know. And um, and he holds them accountable for the crap they do, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, oh, Billy boy, you could have done. You could have done great things. <laughs> I did think it was a bit weird, that, uh, like this supposed warrior tribe, but they trade in stereos. <laughs> I think he knows it's about the reputation. It's probably why he dresses the way he does, you know reputation matters like i have to ha- i gotta look tough so people don't mess with us but if you actually take the time to deal with him you're like oh he's a reasonable guy you know so what happened what's it to you well why did they arrest you i punched him but why oh my god look it's it's not what you think alice well i can see that it's not how it seems okay the buddy was dumped here on purpose to frame me how could you i didn't well, you certainly got your revenge for whatever he did to you. An angry Alice is taunted by Axel, one of Ebony's militia, and punches him, resulting in her being arrested and imprisoned by Ebony once she sees Spike's body and calls her out on it. Ebony later tries to bond with Alice, claiming that her hard exterior is a necessary front in order to survive as a woman in power, before explaining her theory that the Chosen planted Spike's body and have infiltrated the militia, manipulating Alice into offering to help. So yeah, uh, I, was, I was really interested in seeing Panda. Like, what do you, how much of what Ebony says do you think is genuine? And what were your thoughts on this new partnership formed between the two? It's Ab- Ebony. There is some truth in there. You know what I mean? It's Ebony. And I do believe that she sees a kinship. You know, um, like here's another woman who, just like me, we're surviving in a man's world. And so we have to behave a certain way. So that we'll be followed, so that we'll be respected by these boys, you know. And um, she, this is one of the few times she allows herself to actually just say that that's something she has to deal with, because she figures you should understand this better than anybody. What it's like to be a warrior female in our world, and how I have to keep up, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I do think there's truth in that for Ebony. She's always performing all the time. It must be exhausting, but there's literally no one she can ever get off stage with, you know, and just be like, okay, I'm off the clock for a little while. This is how I really feel about things. And uh, yeah, I, I bet she does feel isolated there. She is paranoid about the Chosen and the fact that she can't hear any word about them and she's already starting to suspect. The minute Spike showed up in that pool, she knew, oh boy, Things are way worse than I thought. How did they get that body in here? Mm-hmm. You know, either my men are that dumb, which means I'm not safe, <laughs> or my men have already been turned, which means I'm not safe. You know, like that's terrifying. That's yeah. what she's focused on. It's like, I need somebody I can freaking trust, but I've mm-hmm. created a life where I never can. <laughs> <laughs> But it makes so much sense for Ebony to just 
at least try and get Alice on our side, you know? Mm. Because he knows what he's up against. I mean, within this city, there's nobody who knows what Jaffa's capable of more than Ebony that isn't currently on his side or appearing to be on his side. And, well, yeah, she knows he's coming after her. So, yeah, Alice is, is the one person she knows uh, she, she can most likely trust, you know, or at least trust to be in her corner and not working with the other pools. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ebony's really painted herself into a terrible corner, you know, and she always does this, but it's when, you know, now you're isolated and when you need somebody, you have nobody that you could turn to and really share these thoughts with. And um, you're just literally on your own. I even love the way they film it because you feel the same isolation that Ebony must be feeling in this hotel. You know, the, the way the room, the shadows, the light, it's cool. And um, it's not a welcoming feel, even though this is a hotel where Ebony's supposed to have everything she wants and supposed to be super comfortable. She could have hundreds of candles and make that place feel warm and welcoming. And they chose to shoot it like this. And it's just like, oh, wow, she's just in this castle, this castle keep alone, and she can't trust, you know, her men. And it's like, that's a really lonely place to be. Yeah, you're going to try and bond with the first person you actually feel like you can trust, you know, and um, the level, the way she the way what she uses to get her feeler out for she and Alice to connect. We're both strong women just trying to get by. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You could at least respect that, can't you? You know, and it's true. I'm a strong, Alice is a strong woman just trying to get by, feeling isolated due to that situation, you know, and yeah, take advantage of the fact that you're clearly going through some stuff. You don't want to be home. <laughs> So maybe you could just chill with me for a little bit because I'm scared, Alice. <laughs> I need your arms, Alice. Yeah, and let's not forget that you know, in her one of her darkest moments when Ebony was trapped, the people that came to rescue her were not just Tyson but Alice as well. You know, it's so yeah, it it makes total sense that she knows that she can trust Alice with things. Alice will get things done that nobody else can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alice can protect her the best anyone can right now. But oh, that little smile she gave when she goes on with the ah, someone who could trust. Do you know someone? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's. I think you're right. That's why she likes Alice because she's trustworthy and straightforward. And I mean, she's just straight up. So she knows. Yeah. Like, I can I can trust you, Alice. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, see, I think Alice is one of the people of which Ebony can honestly say she would not assume to be working with the chosen. Mm-hmm, yeah, because Alice ain't taking that crap from no one. So I, for one, so I do love Ebony and Alice. I do really like this scene so much. Um, but I think this was a huge miss opportunity to not involved uh to, to have involved Danny. Cause I think if uh I don't know, I just feel like if Danny could um if Ebony can only console in Danny, someone who I guess runs the city technically, because everyone likes to think it's the Mall Rats and she has her bill of rights and whatever. And if she wanted to clear her name and really figure out what's going on, I just feel like that would have been perfect. Um 
I, I just feel that Ebony and Alice, although they do have good chemistry and they're just awesome characters, I don't think they really have too much in common in order to be friends or to have this friendship, partnership. Yeah, but Alice isn't competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, Danny, she can't trust Danny because Danny's got the man she wants. Exactly, which would have made it amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's not bad scenes with Danny and Ebony. No, but if she already has Bray, who doesn't believe her, the person she assumed would always believe her, mm-hmm. then there's no way his girlfriend's gonna choose her side in this argument. Especially not after she tried to set her up and Danny knows that Ebony tried to take out Tyson and pin it on her. Mm. Come on. Well, thinking, I understand that, but thinking as Ebony, it wouldn't matter what Bray thinks because whatever Danny thinks, that's what Bray's going to think. So I don't know. I just would love to see just that whole dynamic of Danny, Danny and Ebony again. And uh, I don't know, kind of like a, like a legal system team buildup here. I don't know. That, that would have just been awesome to see. Could have been awesome if they hadn't taken them down the road to where their conflict became about a guy. It could have been cool, but they oh, yeah. they they ruined the dynamic of what it could be between Ebony and Danny. Unfortunately, at this point, so I wouldn't be able to take anything they said to each other seriously. I already know that Danny is an insecure, jealous mess about Ebony's very existence. They didn't need to put all that in there, but they did. I can't forget it's there now. So. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to take a conversation between Ebony and Danny very seriously about actually, you know, let's see eye to eye. We both have a common goal right now and we have no choice. I wouldn't be able to take it seriously because I'm like, you already diminished their conflict and their characters together that I'm just like, I don't give a crap. I don't want to see it. Um, but it could have been, it could have been great, but they just chose to make it pathetic and diminish both girls while they were doing that, you know, because they started in a really strong place with um, Ebony seeing Danny as competition for a powerful leader mm-hmm. and saying, I need you out. I can't have you influencing Bray. He's my puppet. You know, it was all really cool then. And then trying to get rid of her, trying to, you know, and uh, and Danny has every right to be like, I don't trust this woman as far as I can freaking throw her, you know. Um, but after her tantrum the other day, I can't take her seriously, no matter what she says to Ebony anymore. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So it could have had potential, but this is the path they chose to take the girls down. And now I see two whiny ninth graders arguing about, he's mine, the boy's mine, the boy's mine. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's all I see now. <laughs> and Selene in the background, no, he's mine. <laughs> I love the fact that Ebony was able to connect with a female and not see her as competition on some level. This is, this is refreshing because she doesn't have any female friends. She has from day one of her life, it's been, it was stuck in her head. Everyone's competition, especially females. You, you know what I mean? You're not really allowed to have any bond with them. And we saw her struggling to have a bond with Tyson you know, and how quickly she wanted to demolish that bond because her vulnerability had made her feel embarrassed. You know what I mean? And um, so that was her first instinct to cut Tyson off. You aren't truly my friend. You were trying to trick me. So seeing her connect with Alice and knowing how much they actually do have in common 
and how they have to walk this world <laughs> and everything. And um, they just have different ways of going about it because Alice is not power hungry. She just wants the power to protect the people she cares about, but she doesn't obsess over it like Ebony does. And so I like them as a team up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, it says a lot of what, what we could do together. Yes, Ebony is taking advantage of Alice, of course, but she respects her. You know what I mean? She's just like, we, we are very similar and, um, we're, Mm-hmm. we're both willing to go as far as we have to to accomplish what it is so she can trust that in Alice you know and um, she she trusts that Alice has got integrity uh, she comes to care for Alice she actually does like as much as I think Ebony is really capable of caring about anybody you know I mean she puts herself in potential danger for Alice how often can we say that she does that for anybody mm-hmm. except maybe Bray yeah. very true I, I just have to say it though. The moment I saw Alice punch, punching Axel, it just felt so damn good. Um, I'm convinced that the locos are idiots. <laughs> oh, they are. Alice, something new. <laughs> they are. It was just, I don't know, it was just that level of satisfaction. And she managed to get her anger out on someone. And, you know, at least it was someone we don't care about at all. I love, <laughs> I love Ebony's reaction to her being arrested because it says so much. She didn't really care about keeping the peace. Like, she clearly believes that Alice was doing something she wasn't supposed to. But as far as she's concerned, it's okay because it was Alice. Like, she doesn't even <laughs> care what Alice did. You know, because the guy said she was disturbing the peace. And she goes, but it's Alice. Like, who cares? <laughs> like, she's just, a, she's given a pass. We don't arrest our friends. We don't do that, right? <laughs> you know, and um, I love when Alice is explaining what she did. Ebony is not phased at all. She's just like, yeah, but why? <laughs> I, I'm sure you punched him. He's punchable. But why? <laughs> Yeah, she's, she, she just wants to know what, what the hell Axel did now. I don't care that you punched him. I'm just curious why. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just that line delivery got me giggling. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, she locks her up just because Alice said, you certainly got your revenge for whatever he did to you. And it's just, it feels like Alice is, you know, referring to the moments he saved Ebony with Tyson. <laughs> It is interesting that Ebony never considers using this, claiming that she did do it to Spike. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, you know, because, I mean, that's why I think it's, she's so scared that she is so mm-hmm. unsettled by his body being in her pool because that doesn't even cross her mind that she could take advantage of this, that she could use this to her benefit by allowing people to think that, yes, I, you know, I did away with someone who did me wrong. There are people who would not argue that Spike deserved what has happened to him if Ebony had done it out of revenge for what he did to her. There are people who'd be like, eye for an eye. He he left her in a dumpster to die. He tortured her for days. You know what I mean? Like, there are people who wouldn't care. So I do think it's interesting that Ebony is so unsettled about what how his body got in there that it doesn't even seem to occur to her she could use this yeah. 
and let people think, yeah, yeah, that's right. You ought to be scared of me because this is what I do to my enemies or whatever. Um, and, and instead, just hearing Alice say that, insinuating that she actually killed him. She, it, like you said, it upset her so much. She was like, take, lock her up. I don't want to hear this from her, you know? And I was like, wow, you really are upset that his body's there mm -hmm. freaking out who did this, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't blame her. I would be too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he get in here. Can't enjoy my swim. You who brought his fire? I mean, like, did did he bring him in dead, or did he bring him here and then kill him? Like, who did this? Mm -hmm. Patsy, you must remember, it has been given to you to understand what others do not. You must wait, allow them to grow enough so they can receive the knowledge as they should. Or you will do untold damage. Sorry. Perhaps you should do an act of contrition to help you remember. After talking to Chloe, Patsy visits Trudy, praising Zoot, and asks how much she's allowed to say to people about what's coming. Trudy, however, thinks Patsy has already said far too much and that she should perform an act of contrition, which is implied to be a physical punishment. Um, so yeah, I mean, what did you make of that little scene between the two of them, and what do you think it... It says that Trudy quite blatantly called out her chosen mantra to Patsy while she was standing in the doorway. I think it shows how confident she is that things are going to go the way she wants to. Mm -hmm. She's confident that no matter what happens now, at least she will be safe because, you know, she's going to be the queen. As for the contrition, I just, yeah, I'm not entirely sure what it exactly is that Patsy has to do. If I had to guess, it looks like she has to basically do what you'd call a mantra of asking for forgiveness. It's almost like yeah. having to write on the blackboard. I will not do blah, 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 blah. You know, um, it's you're basically having to state aloud that you did wrong over and over again. And um, yeah, it's just it's it's a psychological kind of punishment. Now, it's not meant to be evil, but it can be used to bad. You know, it can be used to bad ends. Uh, especially since Patsy hasn't done anything wrong, but you can use it to convince someone they have that they are in the wrong and they ought to feel remorseful, you know? So it's like, yeah. you're contrite and you have to perform your contrition by getting on your knees and begging Zoot for forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, in all honesty, something I think the Guardian made Trudy go through for all the time she was with them. Oh, that's all they all do. That's all they do. It's actually a bit darker than that because even though she's on her knees about to like do her penance and praying, like Trudy raises her hand for a split second. You see it in the, in the scene. It's like she's actually going to physically strike her. Does. If you watch it back, it's yeah, it's like it's hinted that yeah, there's going to be a physical punishment on the way as well. Yeah. Hmm. I never got that vibe. I mean, it doesn't mean that. Me neither. I, it wasn't the vibe I got, but it could very well. It's only because I haven't seen any physical punishment with the Chosen yet, but mm. it certainly doesn't mean it wasn't there. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be pretty messed up if she put her hands on uh, Patsy, and Patsy is mm -hmm. just ready for it, mm. meaning it's happened before, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of different vibes to get from that. I can see that, the whole, like, she's about to strike her. And then also, I can also see like a split second, like just just a nanosecond. Trudy's like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it begs all kind of questions like uh, just how much Trudy was put through herself. 
what they exactly they did to her. Um, yeah, it spirals a lot of questions. On its face, having a child beg for forgiveness when they haven't done anything wrong, it's just psychologically messed up. <laughs> like, just right there by itself, it's just like, she didn't do anything wrong, but this is how they mess with your head. This is how they change your perspective. They, they change the reality you're living in. You know, you've done something wrong, Patsy. You shouldn't have spoke, you know? And it's like, okay. And, and she, how willingly she is to beg for forgiveness for that, to accept it was wrong and to beg forgiveness and to get on her knees for that, you know? And it's just like, just more illustration of how they operate. And that's, that's how they get in there. You know, they gotta, you are, you, they become your only voice. They become the only perspective you have. And suddenly you're just like, I don't know what is real. I don't know what is up or down unless they're telling me what it is. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see the conversation between Chloe and Patsy anymore. I'm tired of this conversation. I'm tired of hearing them say the exact same thing over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, why was this conversation here? You know, I don't know if it, the purpose was to show that Patsy actually is starting to miss being with Chloe and their pets. And, um, but you know, she's not there yet to do anything about it, but she is the one who made the move. She is the one who is being friendly, having the banter with Chloe. And she's the one who actually physically gets up to be close to Chloe and the dog. And so maybe that was the point of it, but it just ended with them saying the exact same thing they've been saying to each other. And I'm like, why was this here? Yeah. It, in, in all honesty, probably. So we could have the scene between Patsy and Trudy. I mean, how else are they gonna, you know, go into a scene with Patsy showing penance? Yeah, they could just do a lot better. I'm tired of them treating Chloe as like an afterthought. She did make me laugh. She called her conehead Chloe. (laughs) 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 Well, you can only, I mean, even though I'm on Chloe's side, if I were Patsy and I had to hear her say one more time, Judy's weird, don't you think? Like... How many times do we have to have this conversation, Chloe? Clearly, I don't think she's weird. <laughs> Why do you keep saying this to me? That brings us to our final thoughts of the episode. You should get used to it anyway. How do you mean? <laughs> well, you might get through this without any further embarrassing moments. But frankly, I doubt it. Get through what? Celine, you do know you're pregnant, don't you? So lying low in the city, Selene is chased by the jackals and is saved by the return of May. She's given food, however is embarrassed when she then throws it up, only to be stunned by May's declaration that she can tell that Selene is pregnant. So yeah, panel, um, do you like the return of May? What do you think of the situation and Selene being pregnant? I like the introduction of May in a different context. I mean, she's still on the street, but she's by herself. And this time she's not screwing somebody over, which says it. It's just an interesting, oh, okay, so she is also this kind of person, the kind of person who would help someone, despite there's nothing she's getting out of this. Like, she has nothing to gain. She doesn't realize that she's even dealing with a mall rat until after she's helped her. So you can't even say she mm-hmm. only did it because it was a mall rat. She just saw someone in trouble and was bored. So she helped her. <laughs> That's an interesting thing to learn about May, you know? Um that she is capable of being a genuine person. Yeah. She gives her food, you know, again, nothing. She didn't trade. She didn't get anything. And you're like, wow, that's a far cry from the person we were first introduced to. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
So, and I thought it was smart that we learn her in these two layers because the first one is definitely more May. <laughs> like, I will screw you <laughs> over. That is her dominant personality. But meeting this part of her second, because it is her secondary personality, she can be incredibly loyal and kind and compassionate to people and willing to do anything for someone that she cares about. It's just secondary to the other. <laughs> you, know, you never know which one's going to pop out. Oh, but I, I have to say, I like that maze back because there's so little, little we knew about her until now, except, well, the fact that C2 collects his boots. <laughs> and the first thing she says when she finds out Celine's a mole rat is Mora, oh, so you know Lex. <laughs> <laughs> just with a, he wasn't just this random dude she came across on the streets. And in, in some way, she has some interest in seeing Lex again, apparently. So yeah, I, I always found that or just, you know, that little bit of info, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. As for her declaration that Celine is pregnant, uh, I mean, part of me could get it if she'd spent slightly more time with Celine. Sure, she could have picked up on some of the signals, but this quickly? With someone she knows nothing about? It's insinuating that what she's picking up isn't symptoms. Yeah. Like, that's not why she knows that Celine's pregnant. She says in the next episode, I don't know how I can tell. My mother was the same. So she's insinuating that what she's getting is an intuitive feel, Mm -hmm. almost clairvoyance. Now, it's not saying that May is clairvoyant, but just that she and her mother had this gift. They could just tell. They could just feel when a woman was pregnant, not because of her symptoms. That's why it didn't take long. She just got that feel from Celine before yeah. Celine showed any symptoms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To be fair, some, some people do have that intuition. Um, yeah. And in some cultures as well, people who can just... Yeah, seems to know. I'm guessing that's what the kind of angle they were going for, but yeah. <laughs> I wish they had kept it, because um, I, I did like having this angle, um, because that is a reality in this world. How would, you know, people find out? You know, it, it's just a reality that every girl was going to have to deal with. And so, for example, I loved the small realization by Zandra as she's going through her diary and she's counting the days on her finger mm-hmm. without saying, you know, it's just clear. This is how she realizes how late she is, her cycle, and puts two and two together. Oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. So I also like that there's other insights to how people would mm-hmm. find out. You know, um, it wasn't on it wasn't on Celine's mind. She probably hasn't noticed that she's you know missed her period or anything like that. She's had a lot going on. If she was already irregular, <laughs> you know what I mean. It'd be super easy for her to. You know, so she clearly hasn't been thinking about it. and Which is, you know, something that would have made sense with lack of proper nutrition and everything. Um, for all of Celine's horridness, <laughs> <laughs> I will say I feel so bad for her in this moment. This is not the news you want to hear after you dump somebody. <laughs> There is not a single person who initiates a breakup and then wants to find out we're pregnant. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm the b- here. I just thought 
Ah, serves her right. No, nobody deserves that. <laughs> Just because she wants to be out of a relationship doesn't mean she deserves to be I saddled know. with his unwanted frog. Okay. <laughs> That's actually just worse. It's so much worse because, like, in this moment, now, for all the things that Celine was doing, I'm like, I'm glad she was, she was like, I need to leave them all. I need to go and get my head on straight. I can't be here, you know? And it's like, okay, you go do that. Go become a better person. <laughs> go figure out who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't stay here doing damage to people. Okay. So that's great. And she had the freedom to do it and she was going to figure it out. But suddenly having this pregnancy hit her, those options just went out the window for her, at least. I'm not saying they would for everyone, but given Celine's personality, that was it. There was no continuing. There was no going forward for her. There was only backward for Celine. And I, that actually breaks my heart um, that she couldn't see past this and she's going to do what she's going to do because of that, because she doesn't have any foundation of her own you know and so yeah this is the worst news ever <laughs> the worst news ever yeah yeah it's pretty bad news but i did love this ending because it was the start of the greatest relationship ever in a series <laughs> and and that would be uh, you're talking with may. Celine and may oh, okay i wasn't mm -hmm. i wasn't sure i wouldn't call them that so that's why i want you to clarify <laughs> <laughs> I would call it. <laughs> I'd say it's an interesting relationship. Yeah, that it is, but yeah, I think it's the greatest. It's it's not had a. Uh, it's an odd one. It's an odd one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you killed my boyfriend, but we found mutual connection with each other, and all kinds oh. of yeah. I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> but mm -hmm. she killed her boyfriend. <laughs> I mean, not directly. She got him killed. She got him killed. <laughs> She's directly responsible for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I'm. I'll go into it deeper at another time. But she is. I, oh, I yeah. mean, pride. No one. No one wanted that relationship. She did her a favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. Interesting, but yeah, got some interesting peaks and valleys in this relationship. <laughs> I can't say it's boring, though. No. I'll give them that. It's an interesting relationship. They kept doing stuff with it. Not all of it made sense, but... Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a really good cliffhanger, even though I am sorry, Celine. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, your world's about to end and come crashing down. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a really good way to keep her on the show, because at least they... You know, they, they they pulled the trigger. They had her leave the mall. And then we didn't see her. And we were just like, oh, oh, is she leaving the show? We didn't know. So I give him props for actually doing that. And then, you know, any hope of her having a different kind of future has been dashed when we get this. We know she's coming back to the mall. Like, I don't care who you are. You had to know that she has to go back to the mall. Even if it's just, oh, you're thinking she must tell Ryan. She's got to let him know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or whatever. You just know mm -hmm. she's going back to the mall, and so um, that's a that's a nice way, nice way to bring May into it too. And you don't even know if it, May's going to stick around or she's going to pull another thing like she did with Lex. You know? Yeah. Mm. I also like that conversation between the girls. 
I know it's nothing big. It's just, you know, a little bit of exposition. Like, why was she being chased? Blah, blah, blah. But it's so natural how it flows from these two not knowing each other to, you know, why were they chasing me? And how, you know, Celine thinks maybe it's because I've never met them, but maybe they know I'm a mall rat. And then May's like, oh, you're a mall rat. I just, I thought this was a very natural way for them to get mm-hmm. information out mm-hmm. each other yeah. and learn about each other. I, the girls did a great job together. Yeah, mm-hmm. They did. Agree. Agree. And I love that she used her, uh, her street smarts because it shows that she's one of the smartest in terms of uh, how to survive in the series. Uh, mm-hmm. um, May. Does no. It? Celine? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, May, no, May. May. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just like, oh, no, 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 um, Not at all. Come on. I was just thinking, I'm like, maybe I missed something. You know, <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> oh. No, I didn't want to crap on your opinion. If that was it. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> His theories are crazy, but not that crazy. We all know the smartest street smart person in the series is Sasha. Mm. <laughs> he got captured, Maiden, yet. So, I mean, he was smart. He'd have them all. So, yeah, yeah. he got out yeah, of the city. He Just went sure, out with yeah. his life. <laughs> He left this never-ending circle of chaos behind. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, you have a point there. He's like, virus? Chosen? Technos? Nah, remember that. (laughs) I escaped it all. Yep, bye. I'm just going to the beach. I want to live and be happy. You people want drama, you know. (laughs) You stay here in the city with the drama. I'm out. Sasha would have loved to smile. Oh, Ooh, that would have been a, an, a a cool duo. Yeah, and they're the right. They're the same kind of creepy. You know what I mean? <laughs> they're like the same kind of. This is unsettling that exists in this world. <laughs> he prepared us for them. All right, cool. Um, and on that note, that brings series two, episode forty-five, to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if I take part in a future episode of the podcast, please do send us a message on our Facebook page or on our website, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for episode 46. Until then, bye. Bye. Later. Bye.